0: This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: I'm Helen Farmer and this is the Farmer's Kitchen podcast. Your chance to meet the chefs, the tastemakers, the industry insiders. On today's episode, we took you on a seafood journey with Chef Carlos of Ria in conversation with food writer Dan about his latest travels and where he's eating next. Also catching up with the chef from Paramount Midtown about what's on the menu there. And meeting the woman behind a digital platform that connects you with the hosts, the chefs. It's all about supper clubs with break bread. And with two new concepts on the horizon, how on earth do you create a zero waste restaurant with sustainability at the heart?
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well.
0: We love introducing you to the chefs, the tastemakers, the industry insiders. And joining us now is the co-founder and CEO of Break Bread. We've got Dahlia with us. This is a platform that connects you with hosts and chefs for amazing at-home dining experiences and more. Dahlia, tell us a little bit about you. Have you always worked in the food industry?
2: First of all, good afternoon. Good
0: afternoon.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I haven't worked in the food industry before. I come from the uh, technology background, basically. Oh, that's but, interesting. Uh, yes, but I've been always a foodie. I come from a Mediterranean family. So basically, we used to love hosting our friends and family all the time. My mom was a great uh, host, a great cook as well. Uh, Learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. So it was something quite natural to me to do something that I've grown up with and I love. So, this is been. Share it.
0: So, it's been about a year now. Tell us a little yes. bit about the concept and what, I guess, problem you, you're solving for Dubai's
2: foodies. Right. So. In a nutshell, Break Bread is a marketplace, basically a digital platform that helps uh, professional chefs and home cooks to host and showcase um, supper clubs, uh, help them do their own pop-ups across different markets and cities. Uh, At the same time, we help connecting them with brands and services through a series of collaborations and partnerships. So in a way or another, we are part of the gig economy and we are here to help all the foodpreneurs uh, across the globe, not only in the UAE.
0: We've seen that food community come together so much in the last couple of years. And I think the pandemic was a real kind of If we're going to take a positive out of it, you know, it really did bring people together, thinking about how to work in different ways, sharing resources, information. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you are kind of the cherry on top (laughs) of that that community. Um, So how many hosts do you have
2: now? Um, We have over 200 hosts at the moment on our platform. Yeah, we cater to more than uh, 36 cuisines. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so you can literally find each and every cuisine on Break Bread. So, okay, like some of the more, I guess, lesser known or underrepresented ones? Um, so one of the new cuisines that we have is the Dominican cuisine, for example. Wow. So we have this live now on Break Bread. So definitely it's something that I've never experienced myself. And uh, yeah, tell, tell
0: us a little bit about the... I guess the, the coming the, how, how people kind of come together then as supper. For anyone who hasn't been to a supper club, sure. for example, can you kind of demystify it a little bit? Because I think some people love mm-hmm. them. It's a regular part of their yeah. diary. They would think nothing of inviting a chef over to their home to cook for friends yeah. or indeed right. going to someone else's. But for others, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't really understand the concept. Mm-hmm. What, what do you love about a supper club?
2: Sure. Um, well, Breakbed in general is all about the meet, eat and connect. So meeting new people. It's all about the social dining concept. So mm-hmm. coming and uh, meeting new people, dining with strangers, You know, you're entering someone's house and you don't know the people that you are on a communal table with, but you leave that place and with new friends, basically. Mm -hmm. So this is the whole meat aspect of uh, the business. And then eat. You're eating great food in an intimate environment uh, and something perhaps curated menus that you've never tried before as well. And nevertheless, the connection that happens with people through the food and, you know, chefs taking them through the journey and how did they develop the recipes and where did it originate from? So let's say it's more or less the Anthony Bourdain on a plate of uh, food in front of you.
0: I love uh, this idea of yeah. instead of just going out for a bite, you know, kind of making memories really. That that's the point yes. of difference.
2: yeah. And and we break at the end of the day, we're not here to compete with restaurants or coffee shops and so on. I mean, at the end of the day, I myself, I like going out and enjoying, you know, a nice meal at a favorite restaurant of mine with friends. Uh, but at the same time, there is an option for you to go and try something new. And mm-hmm. this is what we all are aiming for, or we're trying to find here in the UAE, you know, trying new immersive experiences, be it food, be it, you know, fitness, be it anything else. And this is exactly what a supper club or a pop-up would do. So you're trying something new. So some of the chefs and
0: hosts you have on the platform then, Dali, are they hobby chefs? or some of them professionals working in kitchens? Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the... The people that are there.
2: Yeah, so we have uh, chefs uh, from, you know, all um, different kind of chefs. So we have professional chefs who are doing it full time. And some of them are actually celebrity chefs. Some of them are Michelin star chefs as well. Mm. And you have the home cooks. Uh, those are your foodpreneurs, basically. People who love uh, cooking and, you know, sharing uh, the, the, their favorite recipes with their friends, with their families. Um, so you have the professional chef on the table, and at the same time you have an authentic home-cooked meal as well through one of our food partners.
1: This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: Break Bread is a concept, an online platform that brings together home cooks, professional chefs who uh, want to welcome people to their homes or indeed be hired to cook for you. More than 200 on there, spanning more than 30 different cuisines. We're joined now by the co-founder and CEO, Dalia Lachine with us. Um, I want to know about some of the more unusual dishes or experiences you've had through some of your chefs, Dalia, because it sounds like this is all about make- making those memories. What, what really stands out for you since you started the concept a year ago?
2: Um, On a personal level, I think I was skeptical trying new things. Mm -hmm. Um, I was skeptical trying new things. Um, Now I'm quite open and adventurous and I love trying new ingredients and new cuisines. Uh, I think the... Nigerian cuisines was one of the cuisines that I've never tried before. And it was, uh, you know, it was intriguing and I wanted to go and experience that. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly speaking, it was an eye opener. Um, th- I always thought that it's quite spicy and I'm not going to be able to handle it, but I actually fell in love with it. But isn't that interesting that it's, even you who were,
0: you just saying, you know, your, your heritage, you knew Greek and Egyptian, you're a great cook yourself. There's always going to be something to learn from a chef. There's always and whether that is about their cuisine or their story or them talking you through coming you know coming up with that dish that must be must be really really fascinating yeah
2: I I think the fact that when you open up your uh, self to trying new things you become more adventurous and you you would love to try new things it's like a muscle that you work absolutely yeah yeah and your taste buds explode and
0: tell us a little bit for anyone listening today who's like actually I would love to do that I'm a good cook or I'm a great cook and I'd like to Mm-hmm. Maybe make some money on the side or right. meet some new people.
2: Mm-hmm. How does it work with coming on board the platform as a host? It's actually quite easy. It's a three step process. So all what you need to do is that you need to uh, log into our uh, platform. Um, there is a, you know, just click on becoming a host. And once you submit your details, your menu and what cuisine it is, uh, someone from our community, team is going to get in touch with you uh, basically to uh, check your uh, menu uh, your ingredients and so on they will give you you know a full uh, um, one-on-one how to become uh, the next break bread host so it's quite easy and it's straightforward you've got
0: as I said cuisines from I mean I've just seen Caroline Corr who I know (laughs) who does the most amazing Irish soda bread there's Italian Sri Lankan you've got even got Odeon restaurant which is a French place near me who I love those guys So and what about then,
2: I guess, enjoying it as a
0: diner? How how, how do we, is it pretty simple just to book through it's it? It's very
2: simple. It's very straightforward. You just as well uh, log in and basically select the type of cuisine that you want. Uh, or if you want a specific chef, then you can select it by chef as well. So it's quite easy. It's just a, as, a, as, a, as a customer, it's a two-step process to uh, your favorite meal.
0: <laughs> What's next for you? It's only been a year and already yeah. more than 200 people on board this mm-hmm. platform and, you know, hundreds of people who've enjoyed experiences. Yeah. I can tell from looking at you this is not <laughs> the end, Dalia. What are you no, planning? No, no.
2: So we have over 200 chefs. We have over 5,000, uh, you know, uh, bookings at the moment and wow. customers on our platform. And uh, we are expanding as well. So we're not going to be only in the UAE. We're heading into Saudi soon. Uh, so you're going to be seeing us uh, in Saudi. And uh, we're heading into to Egypt as well and a few yeah. other markets in the near future. And a number of people saying, can you please um, please remind us of the website? I'll let you do that. Sure. So um, at the moment until our app is up and running uh, you can find us on www.breakred.com i am Dead easy that's it if you
0: want that you can just send me the word supper and i will send you the links you can have a look at the <laughs> as i said hundreds of hosts multiple cuisines and some amazing amazing opportunities to meet people and eat some fantastic Absolutely. food well congratulations thank to you darling you. So, it's been Shoot an absolute it. pleasure i'm gonna have a look Thanks. you're making me hungry though looking through this so me too. i think we need to get something in the diary <laughs> thank you so much thank for you. your time Thanks. the website is breakbread.com You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen
1: on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: We're talking about the ones to watch now. Two new eateries here in Dubai that are opening their doors very soon. We've got Osterio Murillo and Shavili in Dubai Hills Mall. Two concept, one space split by an eco-friendly children's play area. Both concept, completely zero waste, children's play area made from sustainable wood I need to know more. Henrik Winter is with us today, the founder of Tigris Holding, to tell us a little bit more. Henrik, how are you?
3: I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you for being here. It's an exciting time. Thank
0: you for being here. Tell us a little bit about your decision, first of all, to become the first holding company really committed to zero waste. So you're looking to fully compensate your carbon footprint and even supporting wildlife. Why is this such a priority to you? And can you explain a little bit about coming to that decision?
3: Uh, yes, of course. It is a uh, conviction that I have uh, reached over a number of years. I started uh, about 10, 20 years ago on getting involved in protecting the planet Uh, in whatever ways just as a citizen Uh, and uh, as I was growing my restaurant business uh, I uh, got more and more involved and now it has been become completely part of the uh, company culture and the company strategy to be as ecologically friendly and sustainable in any way we possibly can be and By that, not only doing what I think every business should do, Mm. but also a lot of other businesses are thinking about it and trying to be an example as to how you can actually run a business and uh, give back to the environment that we're all dependent on around us.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like in practice? And, you know, you're creating these concepts from scratch. What are some of the decisions that you make in order to be in line with that priority?
3: Well, uh, we uh, this is not a checklist for us. It's a lifestyle. So we do everything possible that we possibly can do to uh, become more environmentally friendly. For example, we are uh, we uh, you we don't use plastic. Uh, we compensate all our CO2 emissions for all the restaurants. We're the first ho- restaurant holding in in europe that uh, did that um we uh have a conservation program protecting tigers in the far east uh and uh so uh, the the woods we use we uh, source them only from sustainable uh, sources uh we run a zero waste uh program in the restaurant to again Uh, minimize any waste. And uh, so it's a lifetime. Every day we look at ways where we can uh, make small incremental improvements. Mm. And when you do that every day, eventually you move down a long way, uh, the long road of becoming uh, the perfect uh, environmentally friendly business.
0: (laughs) We spoke to a chef recently out of London actually from a restaurant called Silo. And they're aiming to be a bin-free kitchen. So, I mean, exactly what you're talking about, you know, no plastic, trying to cut down on scraps and any kind of byproducts. But they were explaining they need really a buy-in in collaboration with even some of the suppliers and saying, you know, you can't work with us if you're going to be supplying your fruit and vegetables, you know, your fish, your meat on plastic trays, for example. How does it work with kind of educating companies and individuals around the restaurant group and those who want to work with you?
3: Uh, Yes, it is a challenge, uh, and it's a process. Mm -hmm. There is no easy solutions, unfortunately. But like one of the things uh, that I uh, have done for uh, other restaurants uh, in the world, uh, I I demand that for the transportation of goods uh, that they compensate the uh, CO2 emissions of the trucks for the transportation. So, we do a calculation of uh, annual volume and how, where it comes from. And uh, then I uh, demand that we discuss and encourage them and get them kind of involved in it. It's not big amounts. But it's a matter of principle to exactly. kind of get them to educate them, basically, they can do this. And eventually, some of them have actually expanded their program in CO2. So it's, it's really an education uh, process with the suppliers, because a lot of them are not really focused on it.
0: Let's talk food. I'm, I'm kind of interested how this translates to some of the menus. Can you explain a little bit about these two new concepts, which are opening I think in about two weeks' time. So I know you're very, very busy, Henrik. Tell us about Shavili. I understand there's some Georgian inspiration in the kitchen. Does this mean we are talking kachapuri? What about, oh my goodness, dumplings? Please tell me you've got some Georgian dumplings. Hinkali, yes.
3: Hinkali they're called. Yes, Hinkali, absolutely. it's uh, the uh, it, 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 It's a high level Georgian restaurant, it's very affordable. But in terms of quality, we are, will absolutely be outstanding, uh, in the Dubai market and with the first Georgian high quality, uh, concept. And it's amazing the feedback we've gotten on it. Everybody is anxious to come and. Uh, try it out. So, yes, the Hachipuri Yay. and the Kinkali is definitely on the menu. Oh, you made me very happy
0: indeed. I was in Georgia last summer and climbed a, climbed a glacier where, let's just say, on the mountain, the food was uh, average. And then we got down to Tbilisi for a couple of days and I gained all the weight. I'd lost climbing that mountain uh. and could not have been happier. It was absolutely phenomenal. So, do you have a Georgian chef in the kitchen there?
3: Absolutely. Her name is Lika is an original uh, Georgian chef. Amazing. She's absolutely wonderful. She's been a chef her whole life, and we've been extremely lucky. So there will be, obviously, besides the two, Hinkali and Hachipuri, we will have a large uh, selection of other Georgian dishes. Amazing. So, uh, yeah.
0: And let's go next door then. Osteria Maria, it sounds sounding a little more Italian. So what's on the menu there?
3: Actually, it's, uh, Asteria Mario, oh, uh, man. Mario, uh, uh, and, uh, yes, on the menu here, it's Italian, uh, and we are pure Italian. It's casual dining, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, again, uh, our company has for many years focused on premium products, premium recipes. And so, uh, uh, we are a, uh, high quality but casual dining prices uh, concept and with our children's playroom we're the first restaurant in Dubai as far as I know uh, that open up uh, with uh, integrated playroom so that we distract the kids <laughs> and, and involve them in, in, in the our eco uh, education uh, sharing with uh, everything that we're doing while the Parents are eating, enjoying a little peace and quiet. So that's also something that's really new and exciting.
0: Tell us then about the space. Can you kind of take us through what it's going to look like when they open? Are they quite distinct in terms of different aesthetics?
3: Uh, They are both set in this um, retro style, uh, but it's, again, very stylish. What uh, Our focus is uh, on providing a cozy environment. Uh, it's it's something that uh, i'm missing here in dubai uh, usually uh it's beautiful big restaurants but the, I, the coziness mm. and comfort is sometimes uh lost not a bit. there and yeah. we're lost a little bit and we have absolutely gone all in in to make this environment just really cozy uh so uh i'm excited
0: i'm excited lastly i wanted to get your advice for any any chefs listening any restaurateurs even for us as diners about being more sustainable in our choices what do you wish every restaurant was doing in order to have the planet front and center without we should say compromising on taste what are some of the easy wins that you'd like to see across the UAE and beyond on this front
3: um wow uh it's hard to point out to something big because mm-hmm. the, the solution, if it had been so easy, would have already been implemented mm-hmm. by everybody, right? So it's really a lot of uh, small issues. Try to source product locally. Now, obviously, also in Dubai, that's a challenge because everything most many products are brought in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, local pro- produce is something we're focusing on uh and uh uh it, it's uh it, it's it, it's a challenge because i i really like to work with local products mm-hmm. um uh for example uh you know the restaurants we have locally bottled pie tigrus water tigrus is the name of our holding so uh it, it's bottled locally so not to bring in water from the other uh, side far of far away. Planet.
0: Yes. <laughs> without, without, yes, without naming it any countries a, in
3: particular. <laughs> yes, it seems such a waste mm. of energy and CO2 emissions and so forth. So uh, we're, we're just kind of always looking for these small opportunities. Well, thank you, because um, I think
0: it is, it is a choice that you make, and as you say, it's a challenge. It's not, it's not the easiest route, but I think it's a really, really admirable one, and if we can play our role by coming along and eating some fantastic Georgian food, then I'm very happy to do that. So, Henrik, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate no, it. Oh, All the very best with this last push. Um, those two concepts are going to be opening there at Dubai Hills Mall. We can look forward to Shvili and Osterio Mario as well. Henrik, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for bringing some really amazing ideas to the table but also some fantastic food Henrik speaking to us from Tigris there about what is coming up This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I
1: 103.8 With Spinneys, eat well, live well
0: Joining us all the way from France we've got Chef Michel Saran joining us, he's got two Michelin stars has recently opened Croque-Michel dedicated to the beloved French staple, the croque Monsieur. How are you Chef? Thank you for joining us
4: Fine. Thank you. I'm fine.
0: And you? I'm very well, except I'm very worried that you're going to make me incredibly hungry in the next few (laughs) minutes, because I've always said if I was going to open a restaurant or a food truck, it would probably be doing grilled cheese or cheese toasties, as I call them in the UK. But you are taking this to the next level. Um, For anyone who's not familiar with the croque monsieur, can you explain what it's all about and some of those key components and ingredients, chef?
4: (laughs) Croque Monsieur. Croque Monsieur is very famous uh, hot sandwich with ham and cheese. Uh, I always loved Croque Monsieur. It's very popular in France. And uh, in uh, 2020, at the beginning of uh, Kovai, the uh, crisis, I decided to create my own concept of Croque Monsieur uh, with my two daughters, oh,
0: wow. Camille
4: and Emma. And uh, Croque Michel was born.
0: How old are the girls?
4: My uh, my daughters. One is uh, uh, thirty, and the other thirty six.
0: Goodness! Wow. And then,
4: and and now she uh, she 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 works with me.
0: How amazing! So it's a family, a, a love of a love of Croque Michel, a love of each other. And I have to say, we're very lucky to have you here in Dubai. Tell us about the menu, because I understand you've been inspired by destinations all over the globe from Tulum in Mexico to Helsinki and you've got a croque monsieur for for each destination can you talk us through the menu chef
4: yes of course we have croque monsieur uh, with our sandwiches my c- cooking is always inspired by, by, my, by my travels mm-hmm. so I've decided to relate my croque um, to different places in the world so you have the croque Paris with uh, ham, cheese, and uh, dried tomato. The croque Mexico with chicken, guacamole, and Tex-Mex spices. The croque Helsinki with smoked salmon, cream, cheese, and acorn, And many other with, of course, the croque Dubai.
0: Yes, what's with in the chicken, Dubai? Come on.
4: <laughs> chicken, hummus, za'atar, and concomber. Yes. I always use high-quality ingredients and I, ma- I imagine different cottony shells for every kind of population.
0: Tell us about how you make them, because I understand you're using some high-quality ingredients in in getting them hot and melted as well. Is there some duck fat involved, some canal around?
4: Oh, it's very simple. You know, it's like a sandwich. So you have two pieces of bread and inside you put what you want. Uh, I have also a croque Gascogne with 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 duck liver, and um and potatoes i i try to make a very uh intense personality of uh, of sandwich and you 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 can do what you want it's uh it's very it's 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 like a game for me
0: Oh, well I have to say it's a game I'd like to play I think I'm going to be heading to Croque-Michel over the weekend Chef thank you so much for your time I love a man with a passion for grilled <laughs> cheese sandwiches and uh, especially thank one you. as you're saying with you know, with Michelin stars in the restaurants you've worked in I think bringing some very very uh, elevated ingredients and techniques to a real French favourite Chef Michel thank you so much for your time we've had a number of people saying where is it? It is there at Dubai Hills Business Park By I yes. Unders- stand you deliver as well so that's my tomorrow night sorted out chef Michel, thank you so much for joining us from france this is farmer's kitchen on dubai i
1: 103.8 with spinnies eat well live well
0: it is all about inspiring you to Eat well, explore the city and hear from some of the best in the business, which is exactly who we're speaking to now. A brand new restaurant just opened. In fact, been in soft opening for about a week now. It's called Ria. It's a Club Vista Mare and it's very busy. Executive chef Carlos is with us today. Chef, first of all, thank you for making time for us because I know it's been a very crazy,
5: crazy couple of weeks. How are you, chef? Thanks, thank thank you very much, Helen. You're Thanks welcome. for having me. Must be uh,
0: nice to sit down finally.
5: Yeah, to be <laughs> honest, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the last time I was sitting at this time.
0: <gasps> oh, well, <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about what happens behind the scenes in the run-up to opening a restaurant such as Ria. that we as diners I mean, would have no idea about.
5: Well, I mean, everything everything begins by the. Deciding what concept you are going to, we're going to roll, right? I mean, you see the place, you look at the beach, you 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 try to feel what kind of vibes the the location gives you, mm. and then you pitch. You you sit with your partners and you pitch an idea. And from this, of course, I mean, it will be a very basic uh, one. Uh We just keep adding and adding and adding. And uh, once you have, I mean, you just keep brainstorming, right? And once you have a million of ideas, you start cleaning them, trying to relate one to each other and just create a product, right? Because you're
0: looking at the, as you're saying, the aesthetic, the location, Mm -hmm. but also thinking about what's around you in terms of cuisines and vibe and price course, and you know neighbors absolutely. neighbors played a
5: key factor when we decided what we wanted to do plus also what dubai needs i mean we wanted with Bist- bistamare being not a uh, not one of the most uh, after so uh, locations in dubai we wanted to do something very democratic mm-hmm. very, very approachable by every by everyone
0: and the result is Ria. what tell us a little bit about the cuisine there
5: well Ria... Ria. Ria is a Levantine, it's a Levantine restaurant. Uh, many people, depending where you are from, you you might have a, a little. I mean, you might have a different understanding of what Levantine means. For me, being Spanish, everything everything on the east of of Spain, you know, is Levant. So for me, uh, as a personal perception, I see Ria being a little Spanish, a little south of France, a little Italian, a little Greek. Turkey is, of course, there is a big Lebanese presence when it comes to spices, flavors, and actually some whole dishes are, are, are Lebanese. Uh, moroccan we use some spices and few salads uh yeah i mean from all around the mediterranean sea sounds amazing seafood a lot we're at the beach we we had to
0: tell us about some of the, the seafood dishes that you're especially proud of
5: well i mean we do we do have a, f- a fish counter that's the that's the <laughs> that, that it, it go, all the restaurant is based uh, around the fish counter uh we're working with imported fish but we're also working with local fishermen the idea was again to to to, to present as much variety as we could from a very approachable price point mm-hmm. uh, I mean if you could visit RIA today because we, we actually are open to public from today after nine days of opening
6: congratulations,
0: thank
5: you very much uh, you will find uh, wild caught uh, bus and brim you will find uh, from, from the Atlantic Sea, you will find local red snapper which to me is delicious uh, carabineros from the south of Spain or north of Morocco, octopus from Spain uh we do have a little of local local fujera grown farm uh seabream as well we have imported oysters but we also have diva mm-hmm. oysters with us i mean we, we we just try to bring as much variety as we can and let the uh, let, uh, let sorry let our guest choose what 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 is there it
0: sounds fantastic <laughs> chef it really does and i want to take you back to spain mm-hmm. where did you grow up
5: I did grow up in Madrid, but I spent all my summers in the, actually in the Levant coast of Spain and in Valencia, which is the the eastern coast of Spain with my grandparents.
0: So who was cooking?
5: Uh, At home in Madrid was mainly my father, my dad. Um... And uh, during the summer, my, gra- my grandma—I mean, she was an excellent cook.
0: Are there any dishes or any smells that take you right back to your Spanish childhood?
5: Uh well, yeah. I mean, uh, everything. I mean, to be honest, uh, every- everything. I mean, uh, we had a lot of variety at home. We were we were blessed when we were at home. My father used to travel a lot. He was an airplane pilot, so we had ingredients from all around the world. We had actually back in the back in the eighties in Spain, we had Mexican nights. We had a uh, tenderloin from Argentina. I mean, there was there was a- there was crazy culinary. Space experience plus uh as he never had a, and he never had to a nine to nine to five job he had a lot of free time he looked he used to love to go to the to the market to the daily market to the neighborhood market and buy and buy every day the catch of the day right i mean at home there was always a catch of the day every oh, single day
0: so lucky yeah i was oh my i was goodness. i was
5: and uh, when it comes to summer it was unbelievable i mean we could uh, i i remember going to the rocks catching some mussels, and bringing them back to my grandma and she would cook them for me oh, so
0: chef cars with us from Rhea today and it's sounds like those childhood memories of absolutely transporting (laughs) us there at the at the fish counter so you mentioned your father was an aviation and you studied you went down that route yourself tell us about the decision to become a chef because this is it's it's more than a job it's a passion it's a vocation
5: it is it is i mean i don't i don't i I, I don't think i ever decided to be a chef i always ended up related to doing performing any tasks related to the food and beverage industry i mean uh, when I was 17 of course the tradition with within pilots is my son will be a pilot too my father offered it to me of course being 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 that age, that young I said of course I want to do it and but every single time I had to take a summer job every single time I don't know how I ended up inside the kitchen or inside the restaurant or a bar so I I, I grew I grew within within the profession Just
0: learning <laughs> learning at every opportunity yes exactly and you mentioned that your father traveling a lot you've traveled an awful lot especially recently you've you know been working some for some really big name restaurants and groups you're mm-hmm. in miami and ibiza um which we should stress you did off air, <laughs> not on holiday working very hard um, what where do you love to travel for food
5: for food yeah. Every, everywhere i mean uh, there's there's no destination i like to i like to try new places i mean from the last five years i've been in japan right before before covid uh, I've been in Morocco, I've been in Spain, I used to discover places in Spain, right? I mean, the world is wide, so mm-hmm. anywhere, uh, just try to try to eat local. That's uh, any, Anywhere you go, just try to eat local, try to eat with, with with the locals as well, and you will always be surprised.
0: So when you go back to Madrid, when you go back to Spain, mm-hmm. what, well, if, we go, if anyone's going there this summer, <laughs> I want your industry insiders what to eat in Spain and... If you want to give a little shout out to any restaurants, then that would be very useful for anyone who might be mm. heading there in the summer.
5: Madrid, and as we are speaking about real, is discuss Seafood. My favorite restaurant is Ocolopazo. It is a fantastic seafood restaurant in the very city center, very popular within locals. You won't find many tourists in, the, uh, in there um and yeah I mean if you go to Madrid find I mean everybody knows someone from everywhere right and more more when it comes to a capital mm-hmm. a capital like Madrid so ask mm-hmm. your friends there will be not better lead that that for local food than, than anybody who lived in there.
0: Where's next for you on the travels? Have you got anything booked?
5: Oh, maybe Lebanon. Ooh. Maybe Lebanon, yes, this got summer. Some more
0: inspiration for Ria.
5: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we're actually going to work in there. Really? We Yes, we're bringing, we're bringing one of our concepts to Lebanon.
0: Amazing. As a
5: pop-up for the summer, yeah.
0: Oh, well, huge <laughs> congratulations, not Thank just for that, much. but for everything you've been working so, so hard on. For anyone that's going to be heading there, over the weekend as we said, Club for Tomorrow. What do you feel like there's a dish that is just you on a plate? It is your food <laughs> philosophy. If you eat it you understand chef Carlos
5: I have put my soul and heart on that menu and I breathe this so there is a lot of dishes which actually scream Carlos really? uh I would recommend uh, gather, gather gather as many friends as you can so you can order the, as many dishes as 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 you can eat and and just try everything I mean so the, sha, sha, sha yes please I mean that's that they are the the Olivier the rainbow Olivier salad the roasted bell pepper salad the the the, the, the watermelon and crispica um crispy feta Ooh. it's fantastic when it comes to seafood the grilled squid is it it, it it will take you to spain the grilled squid is just fantastic the grilled octopus and of course yes don't forget the the fish counter is the is the main attraction go select what you like and and, and we'll cook it as per your desire and dessert oh uh, well desserts are amazing actually i always forget to mention desserts
0: <laughs> i never forget to ask for dessert but,
5: but yeah i mean we actually making real gelato is something very difficult to do uh we 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 Usually when you buy an ice cream, uh, it comes from the freezer. We don't. Uh, we make it, we make it up, we make your ice cream up on order. You receive, uh, I mean, you will ne- once you try it, you will, you will never be able to eat normal ice cream again.
0: <laughs> Quite the claim and one I'm willing to investigate. Chef Carlos, thank you so, so much. Huge congratulations on the opening, as you said. Ria opened the public today. It's there at Club Vista And as you say. Your soul, your passion, all there. And huge congratulations to the team as well. Thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. And always appreciate chefs coming in, especially on a Friday. Such a busy time in the world of hospitality.
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well. Live well.
0: Food writer Dan in the studio with us. Any any suggestions? Anything to add to my list of genius that's coming in on the text line?
7: I thought mine was brilliant and then I've just heard those and I'm self conscious now. Don't be shy. Mine was Hotel California roll. I
0: think that's good. <laughs> it's a good one. Return of the mac and cheese. I mean oh. Seriously, guys, absolutely smashing it. Um speaking of smashing it, you are I don't even know what time zone you're on at the minute. Your your travel has been absolutely next level. Where have you been in the last? I don't know. Let's say two, three weeks.
7: Uh, Singapore, Sydney, Sri Lanka, England, Ireland, (laughs) Bahrain. Oh
0: my god, Dan! What? Okay, two questions for you. What do you never travel without? What's always in your in your carry on and your suitcase? Any essentials?
7: My travel shataf. Oh,
0: stop it. I'm
7: not joking. Do you know what? My hu- the best thing ever. My
0: husband wants to start a business exporting the shataf.
7: It's um, like my parents have got one installed at their house. <laughs> I don't know whether this is relevant, like nice kind of afternoon chat, bringing the mood down. But honestly, it's the greatest invention ever. I
0: quite agree. So you take one everywhere you go. Yeah,
7: it's fun. It's just amazing.
0: I feel like I know you so much more <laughs> intimately now. What about jet lag tips?
7: Um. Tr- n- so I used to try to kind of get myself into the time zone, so force myself to stay awake, and then try to sleep at th- as the hours were in the place that I'm trying to go. Mm-hmm. But it's just an awful idea. Just try to just physically sleep as much as possible. Can um, you sleep on planes. I can, yeah. Oh, I hate I'm you. lucky enough that I get to fly business quite a lot. Oh, I so hate that, by, The microphone's like, going
0: up. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. He can't <laughs>
7: <laughs> so, but I've, I've, so, when I flew back from Sydney, that was uh, economy, though, and I, and I did struggle. So, I find melatonin to work really well.
0: Mm, Panadol yeah.
7: nights. Oh, a d- a oh deadly combination of.
0: Uh, okay, I need to put the health disclaimer on this food <laughs> show now. He's, gonna, he's getting, getting out of control. So, let's talk food because you are a bit like me and your plan travels around restaurants that you want to go to or even just food that you want to try that like when we were both in Portugal last year yeah you know, chicken peri-peri. had some of the best, the best seafood of my life yeah. in uh, in Portugal last year. So out of your recent travels, any meals that are standing out for you? Any restaurants you think deserve a shout out?
7: So there was a place called St. Peter in Sydney, first of all. Um, so funnily enough, just to do a bit of name dropping, I was with... um oh gosh. Gosh, I don't even know if I can pronounce his surname, but uh, Gary Mee- Meehan.
0: Yes. The chef from...
7: MasterChef Australia. Mm-hmm. So, me and my wife have been obsessed with that show since it first started. So, we were heartbroken when they left. And then we went to uh, an event at Haleo on the in the New Atlantis, and he was just there as a guest at this cooking class that we were Did attending. You fanboy? Oh, I'm massively fanboy. But we just we just end up hanging with him and his wife all afternoon. And it was was it, it was... never
0: meet your heroes or, or was no, it? it'd be
7: really nice. Exact opposite. We're like we've got each other's WhatsApp now. When I was in Sydney, oh. he was giving me recommendations. He's invited me to kind of come and hang with him in Melbourne when I'm next there. So. Oh, yeah, so yeah. he was lovely and his wife as well. So, so that
0: was one of his recommendations, St. So Peter? Told, yeah,
7: St. Peter. So it's uh, a guy called Peter Island and he is famous for doing sort of different things with seafood and fish that you don't necessarily see anywhere else. So he does a lot of dry aging of fish. Obviously, you hear a lot about dry aging of meats, but mm. not necessarily as much of fish. So, for example, like the first dish that we had was fish charcuterie. thats a oh, word that yeah. I really struggle to say. So I'm really happy that I managed to get it out there. <laughs> charcuterie, um, charcuterie. charcuterie. Um Yeah. So it—it it just looked like kind of pieces of, um, yeah, like, like
0: Sola, like yeah, a, like, exactly,
7: yeah, yeah. Um, but it was all made out of tuna, and then there was a foie gras that was made out of fish.
0: Can I just say, it, I, I like the fact that he's called Peter, and he's called the restaurant Saint Peter. I mean, I just think, why not? Yeah. I, I've never, do you know what?
7: I've never even. I just admire. I think, I it's, admire I think it's purely like a religious thing. I don't think it's. I don't think he thinks of himself. Now I'm. I'm mm, questioning whether he's actually called Peter Knightland. You Island.
0: never know. I'll have a little Google for you. Yeah. We've had messages coming in about memorable meals from travels. Uh, Patrick's saying a memorable breakfast with my daughter in the Ryokan in the Japanese mountains and Boulebas taste of heaven when you're in Paris. The warm, yummy broth of seafood, perfect for cold mm-hmm. weather. But this, I think we, you know, we bring back, you know some souvenirs but sometimes the best thing you can bring back is like an ingredient from another country yeah. you know a spice or i don't know i, I brought back yeah you know, my mum always brings comes over here and takes all the saffron back to northumberland don't know what she does with it
5: this is farmer's kitchen
2: on Dubai i
1: 103.8 with spinnies eat well live well
0: Food writer Dan in the studio with us this afternoon. I'm going to see how much I can make you chuckle with these fantastic song puns coming in on 4001. This is for your chance to win 500 dirhams to spend in your local spinny store on whatever you like. What would you spend that money on, Dan?
7: Probably another travel shataf.
0: (laughs) Stop with the spinny, sell them. (laughs) This is brand new information. (laughs) Okay, are you ready? Coming in hot on 4001 to win this prize, Schwama chameleon. Oh, love that. You can't carry love. (laughs) A pie full of stars. Simply the zest. I got stew, babe. Very good. Very good. Send them in 4001. Would love to uh, love to get your creativity on this. Now, a study has come out. Now, this is in the States. Um, Ten experts coming together to find the best cereal of all time. Okay, now this is—I should say—this is this is out of the U.S., so it's very it's very American centric. Cinnamon toast crunch—it mm. doesn't do it for me. Mm. In at number two, frosted flakes. I have Frosties at every single hotel buffet that I go yeah. to. I have them dry. I love Frosties. Yeah. I legitimately Same. love Frosties. Sorry, this is not me going for any kind of sponsorship or endorsement deal, but I will take your money. Captain Crunch, never had it. Sorry, doesn't do anything for me. Um, next, we have Raisin Bran. Oh, oh, gosh. I'm pretty sure that's what my nana used to have for breakfast. Really. I feel like
7: that would make my probably top one worst. worst like-
0: In at number five, Honey Nut Cheerios. i say I prefer normal Cheerios. Okay, so what would, what would be top of your cereal
7: Hit oh list. lucky charms lucky charms oh golden grahams as well yes. I love golden grahams <gasps> let me know yours. Four I don't eat cereal one. anymore don't you no so but it's just, making me want to have cereal I'm going to probably was, go home now and I was have it.
0: just saying sometimes I just want to go home and just put my pyjamas on and eat cereal for dinner I can't be bothered to cook I used to just Pop-
7: have it like popcorn I could just pour myself a big bowl and just sit in front of the TV
4: that's and just... what
0: my six-year-old does now yeah. <laughs> 4001 zero zero let me know your favourite cereals so you've been talking travel about where you've been going um where's next Where, what's on the hit list for you on the food front in the next few days
7: so I've just got a, an intimidatingly hectic next few days so um, just
0: cancel you don't have to do anything just cancel I, the thing is
7: I say yes to everything yeah, then yeah. forget that I'm doing these things and then get an email reminder saying oh we're looking, looking forward, forward to talking. working oh yeah, Oh yeah, great. So I've double booked myself tonight. So I'm well going done. to uh, Reform for a event with Carnistore. Star. That'd be brilliant. Um, yeah. I was
0: really wanting to go to that actually. I think Purnam,
7: the producer's going as yeah, well, I so we're going to be, be hanging out. a lovely out. one. Those guys yeah. are brilliant. Yeah. So that's tonight for half of the evening and then I've got the chef's table dinner booked at Social. So it used to be Social by Heinz Beck and now the head chef's taking it over This is
0: World Store on the Palm.
7: Yeah. Brilliant. Which is really close to reform as well.
0: Not really. So I've got a nice
7: <laughs> massive taxi. That'll drive. be time.
0: That's just time for the biggest But me it looks amazing. Digest.
7: Yeah, it looks amazing. Like the the experience looks fantastic. So I've been to a few chefs table experiences recently where you kind of sat around in the kitchen and watching them work the magic and i'm really looking forward to that
0: you just said you were in bahrain recently you mm. saw chef yan who was on the show a while ago and oh really he's such a great character he's bonkers
7: but he's in a, an amazing no, way you can, he's you can say that i couldn't
0: possibly say that because oh, i'm, he's, I'm, I'm, he's a, I'm a professional but yeah i would say um eccentric
7: He's amazing he's like, on
0: tables like splashing so, stuff around so
7: we were there for a bentley activation which Who is the, are you? exactly like the lad from Wakefield doing Bentley acting. And and we were graffitiing this we were graffitiing this Bentley. Brand new Bentley. Signing our names in permanent marker pen. What? And then he just comes over with a load of like white chocolate what had been dyed black and he's just throwing just making just throwing it was just ridiculous. It was one of the most surreal experiences. And then we went to his restaurant and had a lovely dinner and it was it was honestly like I I don't often get invited on things like press trips because I'm not really press and to just get invited to this and witness all this and we got to stay at the the Ritz Carlton which is just an amazing property Mm. as well like we had it was just an amazing couple of days and yeah like it was it was wonderful.
0: I think I think we do need these characters from time to time. Yeah
7: absolutely because it kind of
0: pushes you it's a great sense of fun and It is that essence of creativity, isn't it? You know, when is food art?
7: Yeah, yeah. And we we arrived in the hotel as well and, and there was a massive spread of desserts and then there was a picture frame with a piece of artwork that he'd done and it was all edible. Literally, you just break the frame off and just munch on the frame. It's unbelievable. Like, it was so cool.
0: Oh, Dan, I've got to release you back into the wild now. I've run out of time. So tonight, good luck with the meat sweats. And then going on to some five-star dining. For anyone wants to follow you and your adventures, what's the best way of getting in touch?
7: Um, on Instagram at foodwriterdan.
0: You're a star. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm going to read out a couple of, a couple more puns for you. Can't wait. Okay, ready? Wake me up before you, Coco. <sighs> That's terrible. Grace, I, I applaud you. Um, anyone who had a tart. <laughs> when I was your pan. Oh, Never going to give you seven up. I mean, sweet dreams are made of cheese.
7: Oh, yeah. It's a classic.
0: Dan, have a brilliant, brilliant weekend ahead. Keep us up to date on everything that's going on. Cake it off, shake it off. I mean, you guys are amazing.
2: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: Meeting the chef now and joining us live in studio from Paramount Midtown. We've got chef James Adam hailing from Leeds. He's here in the UAE at the helm there. Um, I want to know about growing up in uh, in Leeds. Who was cooking in your family and what was on the table for, for family meals?
6: Good afternoon. Good afternoon, yeah. sir. It was very much my mother. Was it? That did most of the, the cooking. She used to have a, a bed and breakfast also. So, so not just
0: for you, she was entertaining.
6: Yeah, entertaining, yes. So I used to help there with uh, doing breakfast and, you know, uh, when you had summer holidays, helping in the bistro, cafe, you know. We so started early then? Early, yes.
0: A lot of chefs do, and I feel like there's lots of parallels between like working in a kitchen and the army. Like You've got this hierarchy, you've got this, this ranks that you work your way up through. When did you first start working in kitchens? Fourteen. Wow.
6: Yeah, so I used to do it um, after school mm-hmm. in one little small hotel mm-hmm. in North Yorkshire. And um, I first started as a waiter. And then moved to the kitchen, mm-hmm. mainly doing breakfast and uh, bar snacks and sandwiches.
0: It's one thing to, to just want to work in hospitality. It's another thing to take it to the next level, which I think is working internationally, which is what you've been doing for a number of years. What, what was that first opportunity to move abroad?
6: Uh, I went to Barcelona. Wow! I went to work for the Ritz Carlton in in Barcelona, so I was there for five years. Oh my goodness! So yeah, it's you a big a move going is- off to a different country, different language. You know, different cuisine than what you are used to and what you've been working, but um, I absolutely loved it. How's your Spanish? It's muy bien. Um, I'm I'm
0: impressed. Um, Let's talk about the Paramount Midtown. You were there for its grand opening last year and you've really put that hotel kind of on the map in terms of the offering and a bit bit, bit from you, but also a bit from the brand as well. Can you talk us through some of the concepts that are under that roof?
6: Yes, well, we have um, our signature restaurant, which is Paparazzi. And this is uh, Tuscan Italian, Ooh, nice. um, but we very much uh, keep local flavors mm-hmm. inside most of the dishes. Traditional Italian from there. I have uh, also on the 64th floor, overlooking 64. yeah, 64th floor overlooking the um, the Burj Khalifa. Uh, we have one um, Malibu lounge mm-hmm. and you can have uh, something that's very close to my heart also afternoon tea.
0: Oh, yes. Being from uh... Oh, no. Is this where we get into cream and then jam or jam yes. and then cream?
6: Yes. Clotted cream must be everything there.
0: Cream first and then jam on top or are we doing it the other way around? The other way around. Jam first and then cream on yeah. top. Oh, no. I'm going um, to yeah, have to get you out of the studio. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> and What's it like then? You must have been having a lot of, you know, big team there.
6: Yeah, well, it's... 36 chefs there. So, yeah, we have plenty of people. Uh, some, good, um, some very talented chefs we have working there.
0: How do you find yourself juggling all of that in terms of your time? Because I feel like whenever I speak to chefs who have kind of moved their way up, they tend to move away from the kitchen, which is why you get into food in the first place. Are you still able to get into the kitchen yep. and do some cooking?
6: Well, starting a pre-opening chef, mm-hmm. a lot of the menus were, came from me uh, to start with, how so you, I had to how do, you do a training. To, and yeah,
0: how do you even begin to do that? Like, in, in, I mean, using paparazzi as an example, you know, what we, to, even from knowing how many dishes to put on the menu and thinking about an international crowd, where does where does that process start for you, chef? Uh,
6: so I check the local markets mm-hmm. to see what they might be doing, so making sure we are not repeating and yeah. staying different to uh, to other restaurants. Mm-hmm and then um I was fortunate to uh have' worked before with uh, people from uh from the region where we were working, mm-hmm. so you uh m- meet them and uh get inspiration and they can help you with all the bits and pieces but then we have to stick to the brief that we very much keep it in the like the paparazzi style yeah. with a modern presentation, maybe some show within the dishes uh be creative you know um, I'm fortunate enough that i've worked in many different places and uh, uh, so I can call upon this experience that i 've had.
0: What about in room dining? This is something my husband judges. Every hotel we go on he's like what 's the club sandwich like what 's the burger for for, uh, for room service like uh, Tell us a little bit about how you manage to bring together all the different food and dishes to have that because you know it 's a busy hotel you 've got people there for business you 've got people there for leisure. They might be arriving at you know who knows what time what 's on the menu there
6: oh all Winner dishes that everybody (laughs) knows, you know, standard, you know, yes, club sandwich, biryani, Mm. you know, Thai green curry, things, you know, things that everybody knows and... You know, that's what I believe you want from a um, room um, dining. when you look at the the hotel as a whole,
0: is there one dish that you're particularly proud of? One that you really would want everyone coming to the Paramount there to to try?
6: Um, I would say my favourite would be cacciuco from in in Paparazzi. And what's that? It's like a seafood stew. Okay. Uh, from Tuscany. So this would be my favourite. Um, also, uh, when I eat it, I think of my time in. Barcelona also because there is some similarities within the dish that we have there.
0: Chef, thank you so much for your time. I really do value it. On a Friday as well, to be honest with you, I always think that you guys work so incredibly hard. We we often forget as diners that you are the ones who are there working when we're having birthday celebrations or holidays. You're the ones that bring it all together. So thank you so, so much for spending some time with us today. You've got kitchens to get back to. You've got more than 30 chefs to whip into shape. Um, Paramount Midtown um, is there, of course. In uh, around business base. Thank you so much for your time. Thank today. you, for having it me. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai I 103.8.